Hi everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Edna Cells podcast. I am delighted to be again joined by John. How are you, John? I'm good, Stephen. Thanks, mate. Yourself? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Um, also, Ross, as a big welcome back to Ross. He was on one of our previous shows and we down a storm. How are you, Ross? I'm not bad, Stephen. How's yourself? I'm fine. Just been flying about like a wasp today, like out of breath in this podcast at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, all is tickety-boo. But we'll move on to the latest news. And on our previous podcast, John came up with a, a slightly odd rumour that he, he heard that Eddie Howe was going to be announced as a Celtic manager the next again day. Um, he didn't get announced, but what was bro- what was broke was Hugh Keevans from Clyde Super Scoreboard did say that he has been contacted by Celtic. Now, what we've seen over the past couple of days, that rumour has gone quiet again. But as it seems, at the moment, he has been contacted, but he's keeping his options open, Ross. Where do you see that going? Do you see Eddie Howe becoming the next manager of Celtic Football Club? Um, I mean, quite possibly, but I mean, it's it's a funny one. You know, there's just again we've said it before. There's there's no contact between the club and the fans. We, we don't really know. There's loads of rumours flying about. I wouldn't be. I would. I wouldn't say. Um, I wouldn't want Eddie Howe, but I wouldn't say he would be my first choice. Uh, like a lot of people, but um, he certainly got good credentials. I don't know. We'll just need to see what the coming weeks bring, really, before we... So, the, the way you say there, Rossi's not your first choice, which is quite interesting, because I think the majority of people who have appeared in this podcast have said Eddie Howe. Who, who would be your first choice? Um, I've done a, a bit of turn and throwing on this uh, the last week or so. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm definitely... He's right up there. Uh, I, I like the sound of Sean Dyche. Um, I know he doesn't play great football, but I mean neither did Martin O'Neill, uh, and we didn't didn't complain about that one. But um, but certainly I would be open to Eddie Howe. Uh, a lot of people have touched on the fact that he's in like the sort of Rogers mould, which I would say he is, but he's he's not got quite the same. He, he wouldn't be coming with quite the same credentials as Roger Rogers did. Um, no. And the fact that, like, Rodgers done a similar thing as Eddie Howe and he brought Swansea up to the Premier League as Howe did with Bournemouth, but then Rodgers went on to Liverpool and nearly won the league, whereas Howe got Bournemouth relegated. But he is in in that mould. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. I I think it's quite interesting as well that you've said Sean (laughs) Dice. I think it was about a week week or two weeks ago where I put him on the Instagram page. I don't know if you've seen it. And it got quite quite a lot of attention. There was, I think, there was a majority of fans said that it would be open to Sean Dyche coming. It's not only that as well as you say. Ross is credentials in the English Premier League. He stayed there with Burnley. He's kept them up on a on a quite relative budget, uh, like a low budget. So obviously working mm-hmm. within them tight tight restraints, that, that would be what Celtic do need. And it's interesting that Eddie Howe and Sean Dyche are starting to creep up on the betting as well. I think Sean Dyche has went up to like thirteen or fourteen to one. So there must be some some inroads in, in that rumour anyway. But John, I'll go to you about Eddie Howe. Obviously he didn't get he didn't get announced as a manager, but was it what <laughs> no. you were, was was it what you were expecting, even the news that we broke that morning that he has been contacted? What 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 did you take from that? Well I mean like I said uh, and and just to reiterate, when I mentioned it on the podcast I says I heard the rumour that and I'd mentioned that 
I'd like to I'd like to hope it's true, but again, it's it's unlikely. So to come off that podcast and then find out that Kevin's had mentioned that he has been contacted, and then the following morning uh, to see uh, that quite a lot of um, websites and news articles were running that story. Um, obviously, put a wee bit of a wee bit of well, it kind of backed what I was saying in a sense. Um, yeah. uh, so it gave a wee bit of foundation. But again, I I I didn't expect it to be announced uh, yesterday or the day. Um, I mean, th- th- this kind of process is something that obviously takes time. Uh, and the fact that we hadn't heard anything prior to me mentioning that would have suggested that it was highly unlikely. So the good news is, is hearing that we've contacted him and hearing that he's interested. But I suspect it's going to take time to try and work out the details and everything else. And that's whether, I mean, the guy's already got other offers and whether or not he wants to take them up or whether he sees Celtic as a project that he wants to take uh, remains to be seen. Like Ross mentioned there as well, the, 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 it, it just seems to be an ongoing thing at the minute, the lack of contact between the club and the fans. There's no, they're not came out and said anything outright themselves. They're probably keeping their cards close to their chest right enough. So... Um, like I say, it's Kennedy still in at the minute, but I'd like to see them come out and say something um, and hope it when they do come out and say it, it's concrete, unlike the other mess that they've come out and says players are signing and then finding out they've no. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually glad, John, you brought up the, the fan contact thing. I don't know if you've seen today, Ross or John, on Twitter, uh, well, I say not on Twitter first anyway, they had some sort of fan media press conference today where they invited some podcasts and supporters groups to relay questions to John Kennedy and um, David Turnbull. Now, what... Well, we were invited, so I don't care. No. What I take from that... No, you're right, you're right, you're right to put that out there, but what what I take from that is are they trying to drip-feed to us this supporter connection, including Kennedy, in the whole manager circumstances for next season? Because the more... The more you look at it, we did discuss it last on our last podcast, but I want to get your take on this, um, Ross, because I haven't heard from you yet. In, in terms of Candy himself, do you think they're kind of just dipping them in there to see what the reaction will be like for the next seven games? As we've seen today, they had that fan media press conference where Kennedy was asking, was answering questions from podcasts and supporters groups alike. Where do you see this going? Um. Well, to be totally frank, the mere thought of John Kennedy being the next Celtic manager has given me palpitations. <laughs> just that it can't happen. It just cannot happen. He's, I mean, Celtic are looking after him as such because of what happened in his career. But I mean, for to make him the Celtic manager, that would be like that would be more than looking after him. Like that would be another guy and a what you would regard as a top job when he's done absolutely nothing to merit being in that job. It's, it's, I can't think of nothing worse right now than John Kennedy being the next Celtic manager. Quite frankly. Oh, you, I agree. You're 100%. I think we're all kind of 100% on that. But the, the, the way I'm seeing this from my point of view, I, I don't know, I'm not speaking on behalf of yourselves, but certainly me, I'm seeing this as like an audition because as we discussed in our reaction video and also the podcast following that, there has been no communication to say that they have a shortlist or they're going to interview managers. It's just like he's been named the interim manager. Like just dipped in their audition for the next seven games, see how the fans take them. And I have to say, on Twitter and stuff, I have seen fans actually warm to the way he speaks and the way he comes across. But I mean, we, we could speak all day. It doesn't mean we'd be fantastic managers. 
And exactly. it's 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 almost like as you said, they've looked after him since he had that um career career ending injury when he played for Scotland and a fair play to the club for doing that, but you just can't be handing out ma- manager jobs left, right and centre to your friends and that's what sadly like, at the moment seem like they are with Gavin Strachan, he's only there because of his dad Gordon and it's it's like Lee's jobs should be given to people who appreciate it and who deserve it and who actually want to take Sadly forward. I'm not saying Kennedy doesn't want to do that but he's not the right man. Him and your man yeah. Gavin have been a part of the problem and John as you touched upon Eddie Howe, I'm so I'm actually so happy that Ross brought up Sean Dice because for me he would be my kind of second choice if you're going down that route, him and Roberto Martinez, because at the moment Celtic can't can't afford to go to it like a Jack Ross, no disrespect to him or the club he's managing. But is that the type of road that you think Celtic should be going down, John? The high the kind of high profile manager? I mean I I, I like Sean Dice, eh? uh, and like you say, what he's done with Burnley has been fantastic he's managed to keep them in the the premier league uh and when you compare the budget burnley have got with the rest of the the, the clubs that he, in that league he's managed to do pretty well uh, and he's had respectable uh league finishes as well um the, uh, how's still my number one choice but um <laughs> in terms of like when you look at realistic appointments i think i don't think it's unrealistic to say that uh, is uh, definitely up there um Another name I've seen linked recently as well uh, that I don't like is Michael O'Neill. Yeah, um, I don't get that. Again, no. uh, yeah. it's a mere realistic appointment. I mean, they like to say Martin, we've touched on it before, Martinez, Benitez and all that. It's like they're all really high profile. Uh, Benitez is going to cost an absolute fortune given the money that he's been on previously, the clubs he's been at, uh, unless he's willing to take a considerable step down in, in wages when he gets back into management. And then there's Martinez, whether he's ready to give up a potentially a, a world a Euros winning, World Cup winning Belgium squad, and whether or not he wants to give that up at this stage. So, I mean, when you I, when you look at realistic candidates, how Deitch and that, that I mean, they're, they're two great options, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the way you look at it as well, it's almost like if Sally had a manager in mind, they would appoint them already, unless he's not he's in a job until the end of the season. And I, I, there's a lot of people saying that that could be the case. And I said before, there's been reports on certain Twitter pages saying that the manager candidate hasn't even mentioned yet among Celtic fans or betting companies. So you, you don't know. You're getting, kind of getting drip-fed information from all different types of sources. And most nine times out of ten, they're incorrect. But, Ross, I'll throw this to you because this, this is quite interesting for me anyway. Would you accept an experienced director of football and John Kennedy as manager? Uh, no, no. Does does uh, flat no? <laughs> uh, no, I just I don't think I don't think John Kennedy should should be working in a Celtic management team in any capacity uh, anymore. Yeah. As of once we got a new manager, and I just no, no, it can't. It just can't be there in any capacity anymore. He was part of the team with Lennon. I know he probably was the Lennon's choice, which makes it even more galling that he's still there because he wasn't in his choice, he's failed and he's still there. But I think he's only there probably because they haven't really got a choice at the minute. Um, there's no day, well, whoever, if they've identified him to be the next manager and he's not available to come in now then, they've not got any option bar John Kennedy at the moment. But going forward, absolutely not. No way, not. Nope. <laughs> what, what about what about yourself, John? I'll throw that one I, to you. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I've been pretty vocal about it previous, and I, I completely agree with Ross. There's absolutely no way he should be in a managerial position. I can understand uh, at this stage of the season where Lennon obviously stepping down uh, that you're in a position where, well, then who do you turn to till the end of the season? Uh, and obviously Kennedy was the logical choice because he was assistant to Lennon. But in my opinion, as I've said before, uh, Lennon, Kennedy and Strachan should have all walked away. And at this stage, uh, for the last eight or so games of the season, um, McManus has got as much managerial pedigree as uh, Kennedy. And to be honest, I would have, I would have, I'd like him as a manager far more than I like Kennedy. And I don't want to see either, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this whole situation <laughs> right now, it sort of smacks a, like, although Lennon left in dif- different circumstances to Rogers, it smacks a, the same situation now, whereas there's a guy who has been working at the club, is connected to the club, is taking over the reins to the end of the season. If we go and, I think the Scottish Cup is going to go ahead now, so if we go and win the Scottish Cup, is he going to get the job in the showers as, as Lennon did? I would rather we did win the Scottish Cup. <laughs> if, if, no, I mean, I, would, I, I agree. At this stage, I'd, I'd, I mean, winning the, the league has obviously been a priority, uh, and we know we're not winning that. That's neither here nor there. So, I don't, there's nothing Kennedy can do at this point, even winning the Scottish Cup, that puts him in a position where you're going to say, all right, I maybe we should give him a chance as a manager because it, it definitely should not happen. And if they f- start feeding us this pish way, uh, oh, but he answered the call like Lennon. Um, then, the, I mean, there's going to be a backlash. I, I can guarantee you that at least ninety nine percent of Celtic fans don't want to see Kennedy in the managerial role. And after this, after this season, the nah, I know. And after this year, the board have a considerable amount of making up today. And appointing Kennedy after the season we've just had is no the way to do it. No. And I mean, they're in for a, they're in for an, they're in for a fright. See once fans start getting let back into the stadium, they're lucky that this year the stadium has been empty because they've not had their fans on their back in the same in the same vein that they would have been uh, if 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 the fans were allowed in. Things yeah. wouldn't have went as far as what they have if the fans were in the stadium. No, absolutely not. Just but all that's going to happen. No, they wouldn't. And then you you, you sort of you, you remember going back and you see the banners and all the rest of it, and then people were like. Or they were a bit tasteless, and you shouldn't have done it. And it, it, it's like I've always—I mean, I, they, they out there and writing and all the rest of it was just stupid. I think we can all agree that that was nonsense. Uh, and you're hearing that they were throwing stuff at the team bus and everything else—that's ridiculous. And it, it's no—we're better than that. But the banners and stuff, and letting the board know when they're coming into the club day in day out that we're not standing for it, should have been something that they've they've, they've actually looked at and says, right, well, they're clearly not happy. I just, I'd, I would be absolutely gobsmacked if they appointed Kennedy. I just, it would be a relief. <laughs> but that's what I was going to say. I don't buy this whole narrative that this season would have gone better if the fans were in the stadium. Every club in the world has faced these same problems. And the warning signs for me were there last season. I've said it before. In the Rangers games, we were absolutely shocking. They're, until the turn of the year, we were terrible. We were stuttering along the season. And I know we had a bit of form in, in the turn of the year and stuff, but, I mean, these are just lucky guesses, putting players pl- players together to see if it's going to work out. We've seen that again this season. I mean, Lee Griffiths and Edward have played 10 or ten or so games together um, and it's thrown this diamond together. It's all guesswork for the management team. And if I bring it forward a wee bit to future planning, 
what what we've seen this week as well is Hazard, Connor Hazard, the young goalkeeper from Northern Ireland or Ireland, has signed a new contract, and that that points to me is he going to be like the number one for the future? But again, you have to count that argument by saying they're still letting players go. We've seen today that Cameron Harper's left, another young prospect that's went back to America. It's it's almost like to me, again, there's still no future planning. Even though Lennon's gone, I mean, the, your man Dominic Mackay coming in should have his finger on the pulse and on every situation going on at Celtic Park at the moment because if you don't get this sorted straight away, you, you could be facing years of just trying to catch Rangers again, plain and simple. And Rangers are on a fantastic team. They've plucked play, players from League One, the likes of Aribo and stuff, and they've come up here and done well, but that's because they know their system. And you're coming to Celtic, you're playing Cluedo with players, you don't know where they're going to be. And to, in terms of future planning and Hazard setting a new contract, Ross, what, does that show to you he might be the number one for next season? Or do you still think Barkas has a chance? Um, uh, I don't think right now that Hazard can be number one no next season. Barkas, it's a funny one. I don't know if they might cut their losses and try and get somebody else. It depends. Like the new manager might come in and think straight away, he's no for me. Do you know what I mean? So you just don't know what's going to happen in that in that sense with Barkas. But I mean, I think it's a decent bit of business getting Connor Hazard. On it. What was yeah. it? Two year deal he signed. Two year deal. Yeah. Uh, he's but he's only twenty two. Um, I mean, as I said, right now he, he, he can't be Celtic's number one, but there might be he might improve. Uh, under Stevie Woods uh, once he matures in that a bit more uh, so uh, I mean for all we know he could turn into a, another Andy Robertson eh John? Aye I mean he could <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and knowing our luck we're, we're going to end up losing a guy like Connor Hazard and that and then he's going to go down he, he might float about with a couple of lower league teams uh, and then we find out uh, in a couple of years that he's an absolute he's world class goalkeeper and uh, a superstar aye. And then we're thinking to I mean, ourselves. Well, I know, but we we could have said yeah. the exact same about Robertson. We could have said the exact same about Given back in the day. So Aye. you never know. Um, but I, I I just to touch on that though. Um, I I think well, fair play Hazard first and foremost for actually signing it because the current trend at the minute is the young guys can't wait to get away. Yeah. Um, we've just lost uh, Harper. Um. Cameron Harper, he's signed a permanent deal now to go to uh, New York Red Bulls, so that's one guy away. Uh, you've heard the likes of Karamoko and all that wanting to get away. Uh, we lost wee Jack Aitchison uh, as well. Um, so, fair, I mean, fair play to him. Uh, I don't know what kind of promises have been made in terms of him staying and signing a new contract, but I don't agree he's going to be a first-choice keeper going forward. And and, and uh, to sort of reiterate what, what Francis says uh, on Monday, um or the last podcast, Tuesday, sorry. Um, <laughs> the uh, We've got three number threes at the minute, and I, I, I firmly believe that Celtic need to get a, 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 a decent keeper in, and someday we... I mean, you could argue Barkas has international pedigree and everything else, but he, he doesn't seem to have settled. We don't know what the reason for that might be. It, it, it might, and I'd be interested to hear where Ross stands on Barkas, actually. Um, but... Uh, everything aside, I think I think we need a new keeper, and we need somebody who's proven. Yeah, I I think Barkas for me, uh, no, he will no day for Celtic. He needs to go in the summer, and we need to get someday a quality in because Rangers have proven this season that 
a keeper of quality in Celtic. We pro- proved it last season that a keeper of quality wins you 15 points a season and it can win you mm-hmm. titles. Well, you, you see, we've seen this week again, one of his former coaches, and I think this coach worked with Jose Mourinho as well, that he came out and said that Barkas is an outstanding talent and he has all the attributes to be a top keeper. I, for me, I don't know. I've said it on Instagram. I think it may, may be due to the way he was coached because we know from some stats that have been put out that his distribution levels in Greece were fantastic in terms of playing the ball out from the back. So maybe the long game didn't suit him. I know that doesn't really count for the saves he didn't make and the shambles that he, he's made countless times in, in the Celtic goal. But you ca- it can't be good for him when he's getting told he's number one for the Rangers game, getting dropped again two games after it, and he's getting dipped in and out. And he would pay £5 million for him. I personally don't think this would be the end of Barkas. I think I think Scott Bain will be sold in the summer. Or he'll just be cut and released because he just serves no purpose for me in the Celtic team. I'm so glad Hazard signed a new contract because he's he's got potential. He's got the same build as Razor Foster. He's tall and he's agile. So that, that bodes well for the future. And then maybe, just maybe, you'll have a situation next year where you have Barkas and someone fighting for number one and a bit of confidence going through the team. But as you said, John, what what's annoying about this whole situation is we're still letting players go. Players that could have played a part next season or in seasons to come, like uh, Cameron Harper, for example, and then we're going to lose Dembele on a free contract. That's criminal for me because that wee lad has potential, bag loads of it. And I I don't buy the whole thing that his attitude is not great. He's probably looked at the first-team squad being like, I should be in there at some stage. And I think the, the clips we've seen of him and stuff, that he should be. Now, we, we all know <laughs> that we're going to have to fill a void at centre-back and maybe a couple of centre-back players. I'm going to go to you, Ross, for this one. I The more I look at this guy and Jack Henry, who it is, the way he's playing at the moment in Belgium, I think he's in team of the seasons, team of the week, and he's getting player of the, player of the month and stuff for the team he's at. Where do you see his future? I, I put it on Instagram and people are saying give him a chance. Do you stand by that? Absolutely, I. I think he deserves it. He deserves a second chance. He was young. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes. Um, but what defender at Celtic isn't he making mistakes now? Uh, you could maybe argue Ayer's been very good for a few weeks, but I feel he's playing for a move away. Um, but I, I would, I mean, he's went away and he's he's getting a run of games and he's building confidence. Uh, he, he looked, he looked good on the ball uh, when he was younger, but obviously his positioning and stuff like that was a wee bit found wanting at times. But um, yeah, I, I would certainly give him another go. Uh, what, can, what harm can it do? Yeah, I mean, I think he's playing on a back three in the, the current team he's on. That's a system Celtic's tried countless times. And as you said, he's, he's went away. He's learned in a, in a good league. Let's be honest, there's club brews and direct <laughs> stuff in the Belgian league. So it's it's a good standard. And by all means, every report you see coming from him, he's playing well. I mean, where do you stand on the, the Jack Henry argument? Would you cut your losses, John, or would you just give him a crack at it again? No, I mean, like I say, I think these kind of loan deals and getting players out and getting them regular football helps them mature and develop as players as well. Um, if he's not going to be getting the playing time here, then obviously sending them out on loan has been perfect for him because, like he says, he's he's performing now. Uh, he's he's playing the game regularly. He's he's playing well, um, and we he's a decent sized laddie as well. So I mean, you need that kind of presence at the back. So, I mean, I, I, like Ross said, he definitely deserves a chance when he comes back in. Because um, he's another guy that we risk losing if we just let him sit and stew um, in the youths, the, the reserve setup. Um, so, oh. And then we've seen where Welsh coming in as well. 
I mean, ideally, I want us to make sure that we're signing players. Uh, I suspect when Julian comes back, hopefully he comes back, uh, and his knee is not going to be an issue going forward. We we need another a strong, proven centre half to partner him. Um, but so I kind of feel for Wells because he's came in and he's been a breath of fresh air. But I mean, these are these are guys you need to look at going forward. The young boys. Well, you look at it as well, John. I've seen reports as well saying Jack Henry's been linked with clubs, even in the English Premier League. So people's watching him, and people are oh. taking notices of his performances. So there must be something in there. Do you know, do you know what I mean, John? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's it's almost like Celtic send these players out, and then halfway through their season, they're like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> we should we should have kept him in the squad or kept him in the first team at least because look at the shambles we've seen this season. Now you you said earlier, Ross, that you think Ayers playing for a move away, which I tend to agree with, to be honest, and that's not any slight on him. I mean, it's it's his prerogative if he wants to move and if he continues playing well, he deserves that move. Another player that's linked with move away, I've seen in a breaking over last night, maybe a couple of days ago, that Austin Edward is odds on to go to Leicester. Now, when, when I've seen the fee of £15 million, I was like, you have to be kidding me. Is this where Celtic are getting that now because they're just seem to be accepting any offer of money that's thrown at them? What what's your stance on, on the fifteen million for Edward Leicester, Ross? Oh, it's uh, it's pretty worrying. Um, but I mean, I don't think he'll go for fifteen million. Uh, I think Leicester are just chancing their arm. It's they're looking as if well, it's it's a one away player who's in the final year of his contract. Let's just try and get him in the cheap. I mean, I don't think. For one minute, we're going to get the forty million that we we thought maybe last season we could have got because, quite frankly, this season he's been abysmal. He's he's been selfish, uh, playing for himself, lackluster, greedy. Um, he's evidently got all the talent in the world. That like, I've spoke to a lot of boys and everybody has said the same thing. He's probably, quite arguably, the best striker we've had since the king. Um but I I think if we if we get I don't think we'll go for fifteen million, but if we get twenty million with add ons after the season he's had, I think we'll be doing pretty well. Uh, twenty million with a buyout clause, sorry, not add ons. That's a, a sell on clause, I'll hit we could buy him out again. <laughs> a sell on clause, sorry I that's what I was gonna actually say as well. Apparently uh, I may be wrong, there's a 40% sell-on clause to PSG, so any fee we get, we only have 40%, but someone said to me on Instagram today, that only counted for the first two or three years of his contract, and that he's in his final year, that it's null and void, but I don't know, I could be wrong in both parts there, but there definitely is some sort of sell-on clause to PSG, whatever the amount of percentage is, but John, what do you think of this situation regarding Edward? Personally, me, he's, he's hit form, yes, over the last six or seven games, but I said to my grandfather, and I think he's just switched back on again because it's coming towards the summer transfer window. I may be a bit, being a bit harsh on the fella, but what, what do you think? I mean, I, like yeah, like you say, I, I, I would be extremely surprised if he went as low as 15. And I, I, I mean, I've heard this 40% sell-on fee for PSG as well um, for the last couple of years, actually. It's not, it's not It's been something that that's, I'd imagine it's probably right. Uh, it seems to be the thing these days, sell-on clauses. Um, I've never heard an instance where it only lasts a certain amount of years. It, it generally lasts for as long as a player's wear club. Um, yeah. And if, if if you sell them for fifteen, you you essentially, I mean, I've I've not done the math, and I'm not going to sit and do it now. But 
<laughs> you, you're all, you're you're either breaking even or at a loss after paying nine or so million for him. So the only thing we can hope for, if if for whatever reason we, we do like Ross says he's coming into last year his contract, he obviously doesn't want to be there. You risk losing him for hee haw if nobody comes in and puts in a concrete or, or, or a decent offer. Um, so they might, depending on how this summer goes and what kind of bids we're seeing for him. Uh, if there's a bid more, great. If no, then we might just cut losses. Uh, and, and, and bank it but if they're going to do that then I'd like to see them put on the rain 40% sell-on clause uh, because like he says he's got all the talent in the world and if he goes to a club like Leicester uh, he'll probably not stay there for particularly long uh, he might get a bigger move elsewhere so if, to get a good chunk of that money back for a, a decent sell-on if they're going to lowball us with like 15 million when we know he's worth more than that then Aye, I'd like to see us put on a, a, a hefty selling clause ourselves so that we can try and recoup some of the money back if he's sold. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100%, you're 100% right. It does, it does bother me, as Ross touched upon, these players just playing for themselves and playing for the move away. Now, we all know Ayers and Edward are both fantastic footballers, probably the two best in our team, to be honest, head and shoulders above. But there's, there's loads no, what, and loads What bothers of... me is, and sorry to cut you off, is no. clubs coming in for players and thinking just because they play in the Scottish Premier League that they they can just chuck chump change at us. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Like it's that's because it, it, I know and, and and it shouldn't be like that. Our club should it's hold off. out for the value of the actual player regardless. It, and I mean like you look at the like say Van Dyke, when we sell Van Dyke, Wan Yama. Like the, these guys Van Dyke being the main example are worth well more than we received for them. Yeah. And even you could argue Tierney the same. But that's the absolute snobbery of English football. They think that they, they just belong in some pedestal and if you don't meet their requirements that they will lowball you until they get just to see if it works out or not. And it does bother me. It's been going on for years, even as far back as I know McGeady's a different example, but he went to, to Russia. But I mean, you look at them transfer values and if 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 you see an average player in the English Premier League, they go for twenty, thirty million. Squad players. They Dominic's like yeah, oh Jesus! Don't I don't understand how he gets a living as a footballer. To be honest, but um, if you if you look, if you look at if you look at perfect example. He joined Bournemouth for twenty million pounds. He scored one goal. It's okay. you're, you're 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 going to yourself. They're just paying inflation prices because they're in the English Premier League, and it's a it's a joke. And because they're English a, as well. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Every English player has to be. A new Messi or a new Ronaldo, don't know the Mason Mount and all them types of players, and it's it's I don't know I scratch my head sometimes at the fees and the fifteen million pound for Edward really bothered me because he's worth double that at least and on current form and even last Aye. season's form and do you know what and I mean? You should be go ahead. That's why. I'm, sorry, no, that's why I'm saying that if if we are going to accept low ball offers for players, then we need to be applying hefty sell on clauses, especially if they're going to the likes of the English Premier League. So, like, if you're going to, if you're going to sell Edward, given these circumstances, for fifteen million, then slap another forty percent selling fee, because if he then goes down to Leicester, he has an outstanding couple of year, and then ends up going for another forty fifty million. At least you're recouping well, some of that, a good chunk of that money back, and you're getting no, some I of his totally value back. That. Totally agree with that. But it's, you're 100% it's right. not as easy as again. You don't know how the deals are. How, no, how it no. works. It's maybe not as easy as that because again they're lowballing you already, so they're just going to say, "Well, look, we're not wanting to put that clause on it. Uh, we'll just go and get somebody else because there'll be somebody else out there that can maybe get elsewhere that 
they'll get cheaper. Do you know what I mean? But ah, but I'm saying there's a club we should be buying a wee bit more firm. Where aye, aye, handy, like just saying, being like we're we're sort of we're no holding all the cards if you like, because we're no as rich. No. You know and that's I mean? I mean that comes back to what I was saying. It's like because of the league we play in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, but the statue of us is a club, and I know, I know a lot of players see Celtic as like a stepping stone, which is I get. It's, we've just learned to accept that that's the way it is for well, managers and players. Like but you want guys that come hundred percent because the way the way you say it as well. As I said before in another podcast, Celtic Football Club is the biggest club in the world to us. It's plain and simple, and the history, the magnitude, the sixty thousand feeders uh, Cedar Stadium. There's fans worldwide, supporter clubs, Dubai, America, anywhere you go, there's Celtic fans, and people leave us for Lexus, Southampton, or Leicester, and you're going, oh, it, it's just, it's so frustrating because you, you know, uh, it's only the league, it's the league that's hindering us, but at the same time, like, as you have to, you just have to accept it. I know it's hard to say, but we're going to be a Scottish Premier League club for the for the future, for God knows how long until if there's breakaway leagues. I mean, it's looking more likely that there will be because I think. During these crises, there'll be some clubs that just can't do it no more, and leagues will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And who knows? Maybe there'll be an all island league at some point. But that at the moment, we have to just take what we're given, and we have to unfortunately accept that some players, certain players, come to us just to further their career. And as much as it's annoying, you get these cup price deals, and it's I I hate it as a fan. I I really don't like it. Frimpong for me, he had a good couple of years left at Celtic, and then he comes out and says in the press conference that it's normal for a club like Celtic to lose and. You're going. You've been there five minutes, mate. You don't understand what you're talking about. That got yeah. that got me that got me amped up like a bit. And I don't know how but did I you mean, feel about that from Frimpong? Frimpong for me, I, I, obviously a talented player. Um, but considering how much we go for and how much we sell him for, that was good business. And there's every chance that that kind of offer dies out, and he doesn't. If he doesn't perform for the next year or two, or he doesn't play. Depending on um, Forrest coming back and the circumstances, I mean, it's all. It, I mean, it's difficult to sort of guess where we could be. But it's, if somebody's coming in, I mean, you're making a good bit of profit off it. The difference is with Edward, we paid for to just our nine million or so, and if you're selling them for fifteen, you're probably at a loss <coughs> or breaking even at best. That's well, good I mean, business. Did Frimpong leave for thirteen million? It was a bit mm. some about that. Right. 11.5, so I think, if we the sell, final figure. Right, if we sell our star striker for two million more than that, wow. Exactly. No way. You know what I mean? That's Especially like, when you're losing nearly half yet. Right, and, and Frimpong's had one good season in the Scottish Premier League, and that's it, and went for 13 million. You're telling me that Edward's worth 15? Come Aye. on, for <laughs> I mean, this for me as well will further reinforce the board's impetus and not spending big money if they're only going to recoup what the just the fee they paid for Edward, not a profit, as you said, John, when you take out the sell-on clauses. And for me, the board will take all these little points, pen nine million won't happen again for some seasons, I don't think, especially during this rebuild, they'll be all project players and a few odd experienced players coming in. Now, just to put this in stark contrast here of what we're actually kind of facing as a club. We're not going to go too much into it, but it's just a p- picture. You're, you're going to lose the likes of Duffy, Laxalt, Canny, Elanusi, Christie, Edward, Ayer, Griffiths, Bain, Rodgers, Nisham, Brown. All the players, obviously, apart from the lone players, are all potential people who are leaving or retiring. Now, that's a massive job 
And that's why I'm saying, if Celtic have a, a person in mind, just go and just announce him that he'll take over the end of the season so he can get started with his work. And as you said, the fees we're going to get for most of these players are going to be minimal fees so that the English Premier League or whatever league is going to get away with. Ambrose, how do you see this all playing out and just saying in the immediate future towards next season? Can you see us replacing that amount of players in a short period of time? Um, well, no, if they all went at the one go, but I don't personally think that they would let all of the players go in the one window. I know that some are out of contract, some are wanting to leave, but you, you, you can't let all the, that amount of players go at the one time. It's it's too much to replace. You have to, it has to be over a period of maybe two or three windows um, and to give yourself a chance eh, replacing these guys. And it's like one in, one out sort of thing, but you can't just like say seven, eight, nine players right out the door. You don't want to be here. You're out of contract. Will replace you because that that won't happen. And Celtic need to win that title back in next season. They they need to, and they 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 just it's like you say they need to get this manager announced. But even if it's like well, I was going to say there, even if it's like just announce the manager, even if he's still at another club and it's all been agreed, but you can't really do that because maybe the other clubs putting the shackles on that. Do you know what I mean? Aye. But I, I I don't think you can let seven, eight, nine players go in, in one window and expect to have success the following season and be able to replace the guys. It's, that's too big a risk. It's too much yeah, a turnaround. It, it can't happen. It can't work like that. But what if they're relying on them players um, selling for the money for the transfer budget? Because as I said before, your man Desmond hasn't invested out of his own pocket in years in, in the Celtic Football Club. It's all relying on outside revenue merchandise sales, that type of thing. So what if the club is banking on these sales going through, John, and they get some sort of player in for next season? Do you think that's viable, or would you keep... Would you? I mean, there, there's a lot of people making an argument for Scott Brown, and 100%, he's a club legend, nine-in-a-row captain, quadruple treble captain, etc. He's a, he's a was a mainstay in the Celtic team. But for me, I think this would be the season for Brown to take a step back into a coaching capacity at reserve level, or first team level, first team coach, that type of thing. What's your opinion on this, John? Because I'm actually quite interested to hear, hear yours. I agree with Ross. I mean, you can't... The, the, the scaly rebuilding we'd have to go through if we let everybody go in the one window would be phenomenal. And uh, you might get, you might bring money in through transfer sales, but in order to replace these guys, you're going to have to fork out more than you're bringing in, in most cases. And, I mean, if you... Look at it like the the loan guys in that gone away. There's nothing we can do about that. Guys out of contract gone away. There's nothing we can do about that. But other guys when we hold the cards, uh, I mean, I don't know how how long Ayer's got left in his contract, but he's somebody who is a great player. We can see he's worth. We know his value. If if he's got another couple of years in his contract, we're in no rush to sell him. So, but but does that not come back to the 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 whole disharmony of this season? Players wanted to go, but weren't allowed to go. Can they let that happen again? And I think that, well, this is the thing. I think given the way this season's gone, a lot of folk, are, there's a lot of discontent in the club and a lot of people are maybe a little bit fed up and things haven't been going well. Um, but announcing a new manager, letting somebody, knowing that somebody fresh is coming in, especially uh, if they're a popular guy with experience and things like that, might bring a new lease of life to these guys and they maybe no be in such a, a rush to leave. So 
that's why I think it, like Ross said, it's paramount. We, if, if 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 we've got Saham in place in terms of manager, if he's no tied to a club like how is, get him announced straight away. <coughs> yeah, if he is tied to a club like Dyke is, then obviously there's red tape around that, and for the sake of the the football clubs involved, they can't just announce it. But Celtic should come out with a statement and say that they have got a new manager in place. Saham at the very least, and the people within the club should know this. Mm. Maybe the fans don't need to know a name straight off the bat, but the <coughs> players would know. And you'd, you'd like to think the, the the club would give the players that kind of respect exactly. So, um, I, I mean, I, we kind of get like Ross says, just to go, just to go back. Sorry, uh, we kind of get the the the, the scaly. Re- we're going to have to rebuild regardless. Um, tap to bottom, the club needs a clear out for a lot of reasons. Um, but it's it's going to take a few windows. Aye, no, definitely. But and, and this is what I'm saying. It's going to take a couple of windows to get everything back. So this is why this summer is going to be absolutely massive and we need to hear the right guys in place. Yeah. Because like you said, Ross, we can't afford to lose the league again next year. No, we need to get that back. I'm actually glad that you said, John, or Ross, sorry, that the players might know because um, Celtic legend Andy Halliday said that the the Rangers players knew months before the jar was coming in that kind of gave them a shot in the arm. Now, that, that could... That, that could be very well be, Ross, in terms of them knowing, but they're still churning out these crap performances, and the odd, the odd passing in here doesn't doesn't really doesn't give the Celtic fans appeasement, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, the first half they're passing pretty pretty patterns, but it's not going nowhere. It's the same old, same old, and I hope that you're right, that the, the players have an inkling of who's coming in, or at least it's been told to them in private. I mean, that for me would be great, because then the players know what's happening next season, what, what it's going to be like, who it's going to be under, and yeah, that type of thing, but I just don't see that. I, I really don't. Uh, if if, it, if it, they knew they'd be getting an upturn in form, there'd be more confidence around the team. You, well, you'd like to think so anyway, especially if it was a big name coming in. They've only played one game since Lane and Left. I bet they didn't but, know I mean, that Yeah, but, that, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm, I, I do get that point, but coming into these games against Dundee United and stuff, if there's an upturn in form, and there is no manager in place, then you're looking at John Canley being permanent manager, and that's that's what Celtic right. fans don't need. Do, do you know what I mean? I do get what you're right. saying, but I just don't see it. I, I just can't see it because, as John said as well, we get a fright if fans are in next season and Kennedy's in charge. There's no way forward with Kennedy. He needs to leave. A manager just needs to be announced. Anybody, not anybody, but you know, anyone with a high-profile uh, name, Eddie right. Howe, Sean Dice, that, that's what needs to be done. Do you know what I mean, Ross? I, I mean, I'm not saying the players do know. I'm saying possibly they do know. Like, who's no, coming yeah, in. No, I'm, I'm not saying, you know what I mean? I, I don't know from definite. I'm just saying it could be that they know now. After Maybe not before the, the last game, but maybe this week they've found out because there you've heard, well, John's rumour and then... <laughs> eh, <laughs> eh, Obviously, it's came out now that they have approached Eddie Howe, so maybe maybe the players know that he is going to be the man, but it's just no been totally announced in public yet. But uh, you just don't know. It's it's all guesswork. No, but, yeah, uh, you're hundred percent. They need they need to get somebody over the line sooner rather than later, which we all know. Uh, we could go over this and over this and over this, but. They just need to get it done and no do the usual Celtic way, dragging their heels and taking bloody ages. 
to get everything out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I know we're off the bit of a tangent, so, but I think it's important to cover these topics because there's a lot of things that just need questions, that need answers from the Celtic Football Club. And hopefully today, when they've done that Celtic um, press thing with the media and um, certain Celtic podcasts and stuff, maybe there is going to be more fan engagement going forward and we may find out things in the, in the coming weeks. But we'll, we'll look forward to the, the Dundee and Eddie game at Tannadice. What type of game are you expecting? Um, I'll throw to you, John. What type of game are you expecting? As we're saying, it's a, the same old diamond. Do you think the 90s had an extra week? Do you think some surprises will be coming in the lineup, or do you just think it'll be same old kind of thing? I don't think Kennedy's got it in him. Maybe creative <laughs> enough to do anything and make the changes. I'd like to see it. I mean, we touched on this before, um, even before the Aberdeen game. Uh, and last week, I, I made my predictions and everything else and well, I think it's going to stay the diamond. I'd like to see a wee bit more creativity, a wee bit more some fresh ideas in terms of the formation and everything else. Try playing a wee bit wider, change the formation up. Um, I just can't see it happening. Um, so I, I suspect it's going to be more of the same. Yeah. Well, w- one good news that came in today's press conference is that James Forrest is back on the grass and there <laughs> might be there, he might be in the squad for the Dundee United game, which would be a bonus because We've missed him dearly, and a lot, a lot of the Celtic fans who criticise him now know what his worth is to the team. Um, I'll go, to, I'll go to you, Ross. I'll ask you this first because I've seen a lot of Celtic fans. Well, so, not saying that they don't look forward to games, but it's like a drag now, more of a habit than anything else. See, when it comes to a Celtic game, do you still get the same excited feeling, or is it just the just a, a drag until the end of the season? Um, I, I still before a game, I still get that like sense of like. Oh, I still feel like we're going to win every game and I do get that excitement but once the game starts and it's like 10 minutes in I'm like ah here we go again and it's nothing's nothing's changed obviously he's only had one game it's the same old this season but I, I just the season's done but we've got the Scottish Cup we need to try and get I keep saying it, we need to try and get some sort of run going. We can't get a run going, but if we can win the Scottish Cup, it would be amazing. But I, to answer your question, I, I do still get the excitement, like thinking in my head, oh, we're going to take goals off this team today because we're better than them. Look at the players we've got. And then we start and it's just like, so uh, everything's in front of Because the teams, 90%, 85% of the teams sit with two banks of four, and defend for their life, and we just play it in front of them. Because we're missing guys like James Forrest, eh, I mean, I say like James Forrest, that's the only out and yeah. winger that we've got in the squad. It's absolutely galling. that Celtic, who are renowned for playing with wingers, have got one winger, and he's been out pretty much all season and we've struggled like we need to get a proper winger in it's I as you say James Forrest I think Celtic fans are starting to realise now just how important he is and what he brings to the team I've been a a lover of James Forrest for years and I think it was touched on in the last podcast how Brendan Rodgers turned him like made him so much better than what he was. I still thought he brought a lot to the team. Uh, 
and he was scoring goals, but as he's matured and then Brendan Rodgers got a holiday and he was just like a, a different animal altogether. He's just one of our best players. And I just yeah, you're you're 100% right. I mean, he's the only player that we have, as you said, as an out-and-out winger. The other one could be argued, Mickey Johnson, but he's, I don't know, he just seems to be injured all the time, and every oh, time he comes back, right. he, he gets injured again. But moving on to the Dundee Net again, what kind of game are you expecting, Ross? Is it just the same as John? Um, I, I think it'll probably be just another, another drag. I don't think it'll be free-flowing, exciting football. Uh, players dragging players out of position because that's not what we are. We've got guys that just want to come short all the time. There's nobody want to break the lines running behind Baklamala, but the guy's he's a good he's a willing runner and that is it. He's yeah. got nothing else. But there's just no enough in the team to have the other team going to like certainly the defence, taking them areas that they don't want to be in out of position. We've not got enough players to do that. It's all nice, tappy tappy, skillful players, and it's all well and good having them. You want them in your team, but you don't want three out of your four midfielders being like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you're you're hundred percent right. I think that's where the diamond formation lets let let's down because you've got all these number tens playing in the same position and they're all coming towards the ball instead of breaking lines. And I put up a player on the Instagram, Stuart Armstrong. That's a player I think the Celtic have failed to replace, and hopefully Turnbull can fill that void. But Armstrong used to make them runs into the box from deep and used to take the ball in tight areas and make chances. And I think that's the type of player Celtic do need to try and buy this summer, whoever, whoever he may be. But we'll go on to yeah. lineup predictions. Um, Abros, what's your lineup prediction for uh, Dundee United game? Um, so, as I don't know, is Taylor going to be fat? Do you know? There's no news I've in him not yet. Heard so anything, no. Yes. Uh, uh, well, I think he'll probably, probably, I think he'll probably just go with the same team as what he did against Aberdeen. So it'll be Bain, Kenny, Ayer, Welsh, and Laxalt, and then I think he's midfield. He possibly might bring Sorrow in, but I think he'll probably go for Brown because it's at Tannadice. I know there's no fans in that, but it's away from home. I think he'll go with Brown, Christie, McGregor, and Turnbull. Personally, it'll be the diamond again. But personally, I would. I would uh, go with, I'd probably stick with the diamond because we've got no width in the team, i.e. like Forrest is out and we've got nobody else. But I would probably stick with the diamond myself, but I would play McGregor on the left and Elanousse on the right and take Christie out of the team. Uh, uh, And I think his front two will just be Clamalla and Edward again, just purely because Clamalla is a willing runner. Uh, yeah, he runs. And he, might, he might create space for Edward to maybe try and pick up the ball, try and take on five guys and run into them and lose the ball. Like <laughs> what about you, John? A bit. I, I, I gave mine on uh, Tuesday. I think it's just going to be the same. Um, like same. Ross, I mentioned, I don't want to see Christy on the team. I want to see her drop Christy. Uh, so, I mean, his, his prediction on that is, is pretty much exactly the same as what I would say. It's pretty much I've the same cha- team, but... Yeah, I've changed mine a wee bit. I went for Hazard and Nets. Kenny, right back, Welsh, Ayer, Laxalt, Sorrow, Christie, Turnbull, McGregor, Edward and Kamala. I've put Hazard in there only because he got this new deal and maybe they're going to give him a run of games till the end of the season. A wee bit of confidence, that's mm-hmm. what that's in thinking. But going on, on to score predictions, John, what's your score prediction again and your goal scores? 
Uh, two nothing. Two nothing. Okay. Yep. And, and score, score depending, on, I mean, like I said, I don't, we don't know who you could toss a coin about who's going to be playing up front in the minute. But I just got to say both of them, Edward. No problem. And yourself, Ross? Uh, I think it'll be two 0 as well. You're all playing at safe here, aren't you, boys? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, Tuna is actually a big scoreline for Celtic nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Who the heck's going to score? Uh, that'll go with Edward and Brown. Edward Brown and Brown. Br- <laughs> Edward and Brown. No worries. And my, me myself, I'm going with 2-1. I'm going to go with McGregor and Turnbull to get the goals. Now, that's the score predictions out of the way. What we're going to move on to now is the new part of the show, which is the quiz. <laughs> So, this part of the show what, was the fr- Francis won the last time, wasn't it? Yeah. Bye, John. Yeah. Um, so this part of the show. Hi, <laughs> Francis. Just a wee bit. Just rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> I I was thinking, do you actually support selling? No, we took it. No, but yeah. So fr- Francis. Francis is the, the title holder at the minute. So we'll do five questions. Obviously, first to five or the first to get closest to five Listen, wins. Stephen, and I'm, I'm, I said this to Ross as well when the guys mentioned the quiz after listening to the last podcast. It's one thing ans- asking questions when you already know the answers. It's another thing being asked them, knowing that it's being recorded. <laughs> there is. No, listen, I'm impartial, right? All, all my answers are guesses too, don't worry. <laughs> so we'll start... We'll start with the first question. It's just the same format, so if you shout first, you get you get the crack at it. So, who did Celtic knock out to qualify for the EFA Champions League group stages for the first time in 2001? Um, uh, oh, silence. Rosen, was it? I'm going to say Rosenberg. Both wrong. One more crack at it, come on. <laughs> See what I mean, uh, man? They're Dutch. Well, it's a Dutch team. It's a Dutch oh, Ajax. Ajax yes. won 3-1 yes. from there. Yep. So Ross is one up. John's sitting getting lost in his thoughts. <laughs> Listen, I was, I was 2001. I was, what, what age was I? 19. Three years younger than me. 15. In <laughs> which city did Celtic play the 2003 year for cup final? No. Oh my God, to the Ross. He, he, he did well. not get that before me. Oh, he did. I, I, I heard his voice. <laughs> I, I think you're a whispering, John. Are you whispering? No. We'll find out when I listen to this back. <laughs> what two colours are on Celtic's famous hooped shirts? Three, right? Yeah, three to Ross. You're John. I've got a delay in this end, Ross. Aye, aye. So, Ross, you think <laughs> you think <laughs> So, Ross, you take the crown this week? Oh, John. Uh-huh. What's going on, man? What's going on? <laughs> I was answering them. No, you weren't answering them. Was, what were you doing? Whispering to yourself? <laughs> I didn't hear no, I swear to God. We, you, we need to wait until the audio comes out. By the way, it's the title. It's the title I've got. I don't win any crowns. <laughs> Do you, you want the title just there? I need crowds. No, no crowds. What about a star in your top? I want to hang like that, no? I oh, just the one, no five. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's just a wee bit of fun take, to end the can, show. Just, just take three, Ross. You want you got three questions, right? So, <laughs> I, think, I think that's how it works. Yeah, that'll do me, aye. 
<laughs> well, guys, I hope you enjoyed enjoyed that podcast today. I certainly did. We covered some fantastic topics and we got really in depth in some, which was brilliant. And the wee quiz at the end is just a wee bit of fun between us all to see who wins. John has lost here on the trot. I think if there was relegation, John, you may as well throw the towel in there and just, just, just give up. But yeah, it's been a fantastic, it's been a fantastic podcast. I'm so still calling nonsense in the back. <laughs> you'll hear, you'll hear it when you listen to it back. It was Ross's voice I heard. There's no cheating or anything. John's going down the legs like the old Rangers. Oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> He's liquidated. <laughs> but thanks to yourself, Ross, for coming back on the show, and there'd be no doubt you'll be on again in the future. I'm looking forward to that. So thank you, Ross. Right, thanks for having me. It's been brilliant. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, and same to you, John. You're you're the regular um, person on the show, so it's brilliant to have you again. And you'll be on the future podcast with myself. And again, you're the guy who gets everything on YouTube and Spotify. So big thanks for that and helping out, help me out that way in terms of the podcast and things. So thank you for that. And thanks for coming back on the show, John. No problem, mate. So in the meantime, everybody, we'll be back on again on Tuesday, and we also have a very special guest next Friday. So keep tuned for that. I'll be telling you who that will be on Tuesday, so that's something to look forward to. And in the meantime, to everybody who's listening and watching, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel.